It's now time for Remember When with Uncle John. John Guess, Washita County's resident storyteller and local historian. Sit back now and enjoy a walk down memory lane as John recalls the days of yesteryear in his own unique way. You never know, some of it might even be true. So here's Uncle John, along with his trusty sidekick, Kelly Blair. Back on Remember When with Uncle John. Well, here we are at the start of a brand new week. But, you know, John, you said you had a big weekend. Yes, I need to extend my congratulations and salutations to a, a pair of friend of our pair of friends of ours, uh, the newly, the newly uh, cemented Mister and Mrs. Robert Earl Garner. Oh, okay. Uh, Robert Earl and Miss Debbie Beaver got married Saturday afternoon uh, on the lake there by his house up at Chittister, and uh, he and he and he and Debbie were uh, our witnesses when we got married uh, last year. They were. Only ones in attendance with us two years ago. I'm sorry, and uh, so we did the same thing for them Saturday. Uh, got R- married. Uh, Robert Earl finally found a woman crazy enough to try to put up with him. I well, they've been together three years, and and Pam and Pam's the one that got them together. Hey, look at there. Uh, we we uh, we got her to ride down the river with us on my barge about three years ago, on Memorial Day, and and he went with us, and uh, they've been an item ever since. Uh, both of them uh, have been widowed. Uh, Robert Earl's previous wife was killed in a car accident in Mississippi, and, and of course, Debbie's husband, Billy Roy, passed away a few years ago. Uh, and they've uh, they've kind of found each other and uh, just doing real good, and I'm so happy for them. Robert Earl, you know, was the sheriff back in the 70s and early 80s, and uh, after he got out of office, he left here to stay gone a long time. And when his wife was... was uh, tragically killed in a car accident. He moved back and uh, lived on a, in a camp down the river at Arnold Springs at Chittister. Um, one of the most loyal friends that I've ever had. Uh, you know, of course, he was the sheriff when I was a teenager, which so auto- in the 70s. So y'all got to know each other plenty of times. Huh? Which automatically made him the bad guy in those days, you know. But, of course, I got to tell you this, you know. When he was married to his second wife and I was married to my second wife, my second wife was his second wife's aunt. Oh, there you go. So actually, I was his uncle. Wow. I was really Uncle John to him, <laughs> but he never called me Uncle John. Yeah, I can imagine. But anyway, we've been friends a long time, uh, and and I and I've got to say it one of the, one of the most loyal people. If if he calls you friend, there's no there's no limit to what he'll what he'll do for you. Uh, one of the one of the best and and, and truest friends a person could ever have. And of course, you know, uh, I lost my wife several years ago, so I know how how hard and, and how tragic that is. And to see them both happy and and find love again and find each other, they recently bought them a motor home uh, and doing a lot of traveling. Uh, and I I just couldn't be any happier for them. I was honored and proud to be asked uh, to be there with them. Pam was also, and I just couldn't be happier for them. It's it kind of it kind of uh, reinvigorates your feelings of life, you know, when, when, when you can come back from all that tragedy and be happy again. Absolutely, you know, every once in a while, life throws you some major league curveballs, and you may have to sit out for a little while, kind of reassess, uh, recover, all that kind of good stuff. But good to see them back out there, uh, taking another swing at being happy. That's what it's all about. Of course, Pam and, and Miss Debbie have been friends a long, long time, and 
And when we went, when my family went through what we did with Denise, uh, Robert Earl was there every step of the way for us, uh, and he and, and he's just a good friend. Uh, and of course, I just thank the world of both of them, and I couldn't be happier for them. And and like I said, it it really made us uh, it it gave us an honor to be there with them, and and I couldn't be, I can't say enough. You know, for him to be happy, I'm so happy for him. Met on your barge, huh? That's right. Going That's down exactly. the way. Is this the new love boat that we're starting well, up here? Maybe it is. You know, you never know. Never know. Hey, there you go. That's going to wrap up. Remember when with Uncle John here for today, but we're just getting started. We'll be right back here tomorrow on a Tuesday, ready to do it all over again. We'll see you then, John. See you tomorrow, Kelly. Back on Remember When with Uncle John. Well, we got Monday behind us. That's a good start. But you said you had somebody talking to you, John, uh, something that just reminded you of the good old days. Man, you talk about Remember When. Okay. Uh, I know you've seen my shop. You know, I've just got it crammed full of signs. and Seen your shop. I broadcast it from it three out of the last four years. You know, all sorts of memorabilia, you know. Uh, I had a good friend of mine, Ken Avery. Was it the Crawfish Bowl? Yeah. And uh, he called me a couple of days ago, and he said, man, I, I found something that you need in your shop. And and you talk about evoking some memories. Uh, of course, a lot of people listening to this don't remember pull tabs off of cans. Well, you got to be a certain age. You know, the, these, these, these young people now have no idea what it was like, you know, to pull the tab off of a can and throw it down. Yep. So that we kind of like a Vienna sausage can. When you pulled it, it, it you know came completely out. Not the whole top of the can, but just the little opening for you to. For anybody who hasn't seen one, I'm trying to explain it. Uh, back during the '70s, especially during the '70s, ever ever bar, ever redneck bar you went in. Now I'm sure the upper echelon nightclubs and and uh, uh, lounges and things like that might not have had them, but every redneck country beer joint in the world had a pull tab chain. All the way around the building. There you go. Uh, I had them. I had them all over the place. You know, we'd go to the bar and we'd save them. We'd pick them up off the ground, uh, get them out of the, you know, get them off the bar. Uh, I had a, I had a deer, a, a, a deer mount in my room one time, with with pull tab chains all over it. Well, Ken called me and he said, "Man, I found a big old box full that I've had for forty years." I'm going to bring them to you and let you put them up in your shop. There I you thought go. that was the coolest thing because I ain't even thought about a pull tab chain in forever. There you go. But e- that, Easily amused around here. Oh, folks, yeah. But I, absolutely. That's pretty cool. But that was a big deal, you know, 40 years ago. Uh, you know, uh, I can remember people telling me, you know, well, look, uh, if you're going to drink something tonight, uh, save the tabs for me. Yep. And we used to do it. We we had a, kept a sack or something in the car. You know, we'd always put them in and. You know, get about a week's worth, two weeks' worth, and we'd string them together, you know, and add them to the other chain. Uh, it's something that these kids today have. It's one of those things that's timely that nobody that didn't live through it has any idea about. Well, you know, if you want to save your tabs nowadays, and I still know of a couple of people that that do it for, you know, fundraisers. They say they can cash them in or something like that. But you have to work at those things. you got to work it back and forth. you got to twist it and eventually – pull it off and all that kind of good stuff. These just came right yep, off. That's of right. Uh, and, of course, I had a pool hall in Chittister in the early, early 80s, uh, John's Recreation Center. And, you know, I ought to sue Tracy Lawrence because uh, I got I, I still got the sign. It says, no shirt, no shoes, no problems. There you go. He stole it and put it on his album, you yep. know. Kenny Chesney. Kenny Chesney, I'm sorry. 
But uh, I remember, you know, it, I was right smack dab between the, the mercantile and the bank and the post office. And I'd go out early in the morning and, and take the broom and sweep up all the pull tabs. There you go. So everybody wouldn't be mad. I'd sweep them up, put them in the box, and we'd string them together, you know. Because we had a big long, we had two or three around my pool hall. But uh, it's it's something that, it, like I like I said earlier, uh, if you're not a if you're not of a certain age, you don't have a clue what we're talking about. Yeah, but you don't know what you were missing. No, you don't. It was just one of those things that uh, that came and went that that you don't see anymore, and you'll never see again unless you got a good friend named Ken that brings you a box full to hang in your shop. There you go. Absolutely. Hey, that's going to wrap up Remember When with Uncle John here for today. But you know what? We'll be right back tomorrow. One of my favorite days of the week. It'll be Wasseling Wednesday tomorrow, John. We'll see you then. See you tomorrow, Kelly. Back on Remember When with Uncle John. Well, here we are at the midway point. It's Wasseling Wednesday around here. One of my favorite days of the week. Who you want to talk about today, Johnny? Well, you know, my good buddy Price over here, you know, he hooked me up with Dick the Bruiser. Dick the Bruiser. William Fritz Atlas. Now, with a name like Fritz, how did he end up with Dick the Bruiser? I mean, I don't we, know, I don't know, but he was one of the legitimate tough guys of wrestling. Oh yeah, uh, him and the Crusher, legendary tag team over in the AWA territory. He uh, he uh, actually played uh, high school football and was you know played wrestling you know wrestled in high school. Played three years for the Green Bay Packers. Hey, there you go. Uh, you know that's and, probably and back when they were really good. They were and never missed a game. Hey. You know, never missed a game in three years. Uh, and he he uh, crushed his larynx. You know, in during playing football, and that's why he had the gravelly voice. Oh, okay. So he retired from football, and uh, Vern Gagne found him and trained him to wrestle. And uh, he started in 1955. And you know, uh, he's got a couple of claims to fame. Well, he's got actually several, but his biggest claim to fame is uh, in 1957 in Madison Square Garden, he and Dr. Jerry Graham were facing against uh, the great Argentinian star, Argentinian star, Antonino Rocca. Yep. And then the Canadian star, Edward Carpentier. Okay. And they had a they they started a riot, <laughs> an out an out, uh, out riot. riot riot in Madison Square Garden. Uh, several policemen were injured. Uh, they had to bring in 60 police officers to uh, to calm it down. Uh, the 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 first I think the first eight rows was just tore all to pieces. And and of course this is back in the days of Kafabe, so nobody come by right. and said, "Oh, well, hey, calm down. It's not really real." Or and uh, you know they went before the New York State State Athletic Commission. Uh, Dr. Jerry Graham was fined five thousand dollars, which was a lot of money. Holy then. cow! Back then, fifty-seven and suspended for a little while, but they suspended, they suspended uh, Dick the Bruiser for life. Wow! The New York State athlete, and they never lifted it. They now, never lifted it. Now, here's the important part about that: in fifty-seven, this would have been the Capital Wrestling Corporation that we were talking right. about, which goes on to be the WWWF. It, the the main big biggest one out there, you know, and he can't wrestle for him ever again. He developed a great friendship with the great Bruno Sammartino, who was who was a godlike figure in New York, and he even appealed to the state athletic commission, and they said no, yep. under no circumstances will he ever be allowed to uh, participate in wrestling in New York again. And of course, his other claim to fame was after he retired from football. He got into a bar fight with the great Alex Karras. Hey, there you go. And uh, caused Alex Karras to be uh, 
suspended from the NFL for a while. <laughs> I'm seeing a trend here. <laughs> but, you know, the guy was legit, you know. Uh, he and his partner, Wilbur Snyder, bought the uh, Indianapolis promotion in 1965 and uh, started it up. Uh, they created the World Wrestling Alliance. Okay. And uh, he was 13-time WWA champion. There you go. He and Bruno Sammartino, among others, were tag team champions together. But, uh, you know, he was a legend in the Midwest. Uh, and, of course, he, he would, like, like the rest of them, he would lend himself out to other promotions, you know, if attendance was down and they needed a big, they needed a full house. He would always do that. Well, Indianapolis and the AWA worked together a whole lot and exchanged talent and ran shows together and all that kind of good stuff. You know, he was he was called the world's most dangerous wrestler. I, I can understand. And that. you know, Dick, uh, David Letterman was from Indianapolis, Indiana. He's from oh, Indiana, right? And his band was named the world's most dangerous band <laughs> in honor of Dick, Dick the, Bruiser. the Bruiser. There you go. Uh, he and he and the Crusher were. Uh, uh, five-time AWA tag team champions Gosh, together. I thought it was twice that. And and they, uh, you know, they they were. Uh, of course, back then when you won a championship, you held it for a couple of years. So I mean, <laughs> five-time champions. They were probably uh, they probably held those belts for almost a decade. But he was, you know, he was he and Crusher both were legitimate tough guys. That you know, after after the matches, would go down to the bar and drink. Yeah, well, they they didn't they didn't go home or they didn't go to their mansion somewhere. They went down to the bar. And drank with the guys, which now, made them made them heroes. Absolutely. Well, now imagine this: a immediately after their matches, if they didn't get enough punishment in the match, they would beat on each other. They'd yes. smack each other around for a little while. Imagine coming into the arena and finding out this is who you get to wrestle tonight. Uh, he passed away in November of 1991. A blood vessel busted in his esophagus while he was lifting weights. Oh crap! Uh, and he passed away, and he's buried in Indianapolis. But he is a uh, an Indiana legend, a wrestling legend, Midwest legend, Midwest wrestling legend. But somebody that even Bruno Sammartino could not get his suspension lifted. Now that that right there tells you that uh, he. I would love to have seen it. But that's a legacy. That's a that's legacy. A legacy. Hey, that's going to wrap up. Remember when with Uncle John for here for today. But we'll be right back here tomorrow, ready to talk a little. Talk a little baseball. Talk about what's been going down in the sports world a little bit. See you tomorrow, John. See you tomorrow, Kelly. Back on Remember When with Uncle John. Well, here we are at the next best thing to a Friday. But, John, I tell you what, it happened last Sunday. I'm still trying to get over the Arkansas Razorbacks losing in the super regional round of the NCAA tournament. I can't believe it. You know, I I I I'm not a big you know I'm not a big sports guy, right? But I mean, how could you not get behind them? You know, and I mean, just you know, I mean, I was just on pins and needles. I I was just looking for a national championship. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, of course they came close a couple of three years ago. You know, a lot of people want to talk about drop foul ball and everything. I don't think anybody had a chance at foul ball myself. That's just me. I think people are just looking for a reason to kind of bash on people every once in a while. But I tell you what, Arkansas, there were some whispers. People were saying that if they went on and won the national championship, and that's the thing about it is you got to finish the job. But they were talking about they could have gone down as one of the greatest seasons in college baseball ever because they start the season beating like three top 10, top 15 teams in a row, bing, bang, boom, just to right out of the gate, start the season. Then week in and week out, they're playing all these great 
teams in the SEC. Every week, Arkansas is ranked number one. They're playing number eight. The Arkansas is number one. They're playing number four. Arkansas is number one. They're playing number 13 or 15 or something. Week in and week out, meeting a top 10, top 15 team all the time and winning at least two out of three, sweeping some of them. Tremendous season the entire time, then followed it up. Not only did they win the regular season title, first since 2004, then won the conference tournament, too. I mean, it was a fantastic season, no matter how you slice it or dice it. And I know a lot of people are going to slice it and dice it because it's not going to end with a national championship. But you know what? That's baseball. Well, I can't add anything to that. <laughs> you know, the I'm, part that disappoints me is is I was really looking looking for him going to the College World Series and getting our buddy Gary Wilson up here to analyze it with us, you know? Oh, absolutely. You know, that's what I was looking forward to. But, you know, as as us, you know, as Razorback fans go, you know, uh, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Oh, know? yeah. So far, I, I really do believe that Arkansas is going to win <laughs> a national championship, and here's the deal. You know, coming down the stretch, Arkansas really wasn't one of the hot teams. I mean, they were still winning, but they had some injuries, especially to their pitching staff. They had some nagging injuries going on with even their uh, their hitters, their starting lineup and everything. Uh, but through the brilliance of Kevin Copps, they were still able to win a lot of those games. Now, without Kevin Copps, the Razorbacks don't win. They only win about two-thirds of the games that they won this year. I mean, that guy is absolutely unbelievable, totally phenomenal and everything. But it's like Augie Garrido, the legendary Hall of Fame, former Texas Longhorn coach said, it's baseball, man. You can go out and drop two out of three games to just about anybody, almost anybody. I mean, the worst team in Major League Baseball can beat the best team in Major League Baseball in any given weekend, in any given week. Sometimes the ball finds holes. Sometimes it goes right at somebody no matter how hard you hit it. That's just baseball. It's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Two words. Bill Buckner. Bill Buckner. There you go. I mean, and see, people forget that was game six. They lost a whole other game after that. You know, I, I think we've got a good football coach. I think we've got a good basketball coach. I think we've got a good baseball coach. And I think that there's no place better in the world to be than Arkansas. So, you know, all we can do is sit back and, and cheer on our guys and, uh, and you know, uh, uh, hope for the best and, and be glad that even though we're, you know, we didn't win. We're still not in Texas. Yeah, that, that, that is absolutely the case. Hang in there, Diamond Hog fans. One of these years, we're going to have a good year going, and all of a sudden we're going to get red hot, and we're going to steam through the College World Series and win it, and everybody's going to say, holy cow, where did that come from? We're in Arkansas. We're not in Oklahoma. We're not in Kansas. We're not in Texas. Means it could be a whole lot worse. It could be a, a whole lot worse, you know. But, uh, you know, uh, it had a good year. I applaud them, you know, uh, uh, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. You know, there's an old saying in the electric business, everybody wants to be first, but somebody's got to be last. There you go. And and Ricky Bobby would say, if you're not first, yeah, you may be your last. I don't know. It was a better season than that. Hey, that's going to wrap up Remember Win with Uncle John for today. But we'll be right back here tomorrow with another top tune on Friday. See you then, Johnny. See you tomorrow, Kelly. You've been listening to Remember When with Uncle John on Y95. This broadcast can be heard each weekday morning at 645 on South Arkansas's favorite station, Y95.